0: Wow, there you go. I didn't do a thing and I'm getting clapped. Scotty, you're awesome. Thank you. Hey, happy Thanksgiving everyone. So grateful to be together. Uh, who all had dinner? Was it awesome? It was great seeing you out there. It's so great. I just want to thank Linda and Nancy and Mervette and the whole team for doing that. So give them a big hand. Thank you for all that of the whole team. Grateful for that. Uh, I tell you, it's, it's just awesome. Hey, just so I don't uh, forget, we have one more midweek of 2017. That's going to happen the very first Wednesday. Uh, there's a Lions Night happening at Orient Campus. And so that's going to be packed there. So go there. That's our last one. And so this is actually our last Troy midweek of 2017. So we're going to have a party, right? Yes. Let's go. There you go. Getting there. Well, tonight, uh, this service tonight is sort of like an episode of Sesame Street. Who watched Sesame Street, right? Some of you. I know for me, I grew up on it and then I watched it with my kids. And, you know, if you know anything about Sesame Street, it's always sponsored by a letter of the day, right? And so we have, this, this service is sponsored by a word, a word of the day. And so I think the word is pretty obvious. And so I'm just going to test you. I'm just going to put it out there. And I'm just going to, you know, because look, we're in thanksgiving, and tomorrow's Thanksgiving, right? So think of that. And I'm going to give you clues right away. Because I, you know, I know you're smart, but I know you're going to need some help. And so this is a pretty obvious word. It starts with an E. Elmo. Elmo. That's so good. That was quick. I love you. Uh, Elmo, you've got it. We're done. But it's 11 letters. All right? So I just want you to think about it for a minute. We're in Thanksgiving. Just sh- start shouting out some answers because this is the word of the day. Elephant. Extravagant. Extravagant. Keep going. I I haven't heard it yet. Oh, everyone, everything, getting close. Everlasting. 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 Thankful, encouragement. Encouragement. All right, let me take a breath here (sighs) because I thought this was going to be easy, all right? So, look, I'll just put it up. I'm just going to give you, because I know it's a hard word, but here's the word of the day. Here it is right here. I can't believe you didn't guess it. Go ahead and put that word up. What, you didn't know Eucharisteo? You guys don't, you, you don't use Eucharisteo? All right, let me, on the count of three, everyone say it. One, two, three. Eucharisteo. All right, now listen, Eucharisteo is a Greek word, and we did not sound at all Greek. We probably, if someone speaks Greek in here, they're, they're, they're really offended. And I try to say it in Greek, but I sound Italian. It's like, hey, Eucharisto, hey, right, you know, like I, it's just all wrong. I sound like my friend JP. But that's the word of the day. That's where we're going to be going, Eucharisteo. And I'm not going to explain the word just yet, but I've already experienced it today a number of times. I think you've experienced it today, too. In fact, I experienced it this morning kind of unexpectedly. I I, I had the honor of doing a funeral for a, a man that was 77 years old. And Maureen and Brian Buck are part of our community. And they asked that I would come and do their father's funeral. I was honored to do that. And so I'm reading through. I never got to meet Matthew. But he was 77, he had 12 college degrees. I was like, that's what I did, 12 college. I felt so dumb, and, you know. And then we started celebrating his life. He was in the Air Force. He had seen so much. He had all these degrees. We read a paper that he wrote. All these people are celebrating him. And by the end of that day, I felt Eucharistia. I had this unbelievable thankfulness in my heart. I have a great friend, Marie, who was my high school drama and. English teacher. And she is by far one of the most thoughtful people that I know. Thinks about people so much. And she has a practice that's sort of going out of fashion. She actually handwrites notes and thank you notes and sends them through snail mail to people. Now that's crazy. With texting and all the social media and everything else, no one does that. But she still does that. And so tonight, I thought that we would experience a little of this Eucharist tale. I thought we'd experience it and have some fun. So I want to borrow that practice of thank you notes. And I also want to borrow a little something from Jimmy Fallon and put it together. And so we thought we'd sit down and write some thank you notes for Thanksgiving to get us in the mood. So I'm going to invite my friend Greg Gibbs. Give Greg Gibbs a big hand. And Jalen C. Right. And so we're going to get into a little giving thanks, a little Euc- Eucharist
1: tale. All right, well, it's Thanksgiving time, and here at Kensington, we feel so thankful that we need to express it. Jalen, you feeling thankful tonight? Oh, I'm feeling thankful. Because I'm going to need your help on this, because okay. we're going to write some thank you notes, okay? Good. All right, let's do it. Here we go. Here we go. <clears throat> thank you, pilgrims, for showing us that belts are not just for pants. Okay, here we go. You get the gist of it now? We're going to write thank you notes. Let's keep going, Jalen. Here we go. Next one. Thank you, Mashed Potatoes, for making a gravy river that flows all the way from Stuffing Town to Turkey Village, Oh, no, we need a dam to keep you away from Cranberry Valley. Okay. Ready? Oh, I got you. Let's roll. Thank you, sweatpants. That's it. Enough said there. Right. Okay, I'm thinking about family now. You're going to be with family tomorrow? Yeah, I'm going to be with some family. Yeah, me too. You like them all? I love them all. You love them all. All right. I'm going to write a note to family. Here we go. Here we go. Thank you, annoying nephew, who won't stop showing me the turkey you make by tracing your hand. Bravo, Picasso. All right. Mmm, getting hungry here. Here we go. <clears throat> Thank you, cranberry sauce, for helping us realize that all of us have a place in this world.
0: Yeah, cranberry sauce is pretty mm.
1: interesting. <laughs> I like it, but here, <clears throat> let's do this one too. Thank you, pickle plate. For helping us realize that some of us don't have a place in this world. Yeah. Pickle plate, man. you do pickle plates? Not at all. Man. Yeah, me either. Yeah. Oh, this is good. We should encourage people. Nope. We should encourage people. Thank you, Steve Andrews, for your endless fight to keep khakis and white tennis shoes the hottest fall fashion. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, I'm about wearing my yeah, he's, he's going
1: to like. He'll he'll like that note. Yeah, he'll yeah. he'll like that note. Yeah. Ah, uh, thank you, Detroit Lions, for making words come out of my mouth that I have to explain to my nieces and nephews later. <laughs> Hey, yeah, the Lions. Okay. <clears throat> oh, we're going to keep going, man. No, I, I think not. we're on a roll. Let's keep doing it. All right. <clears throat> Thank you, Drew Daniels, for showing us that Kim Kardashian is not the only person who can pull off a hair bun. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Drew. Happy Thanksgiving to Drew. That's good. Yeah, that's All great. right. <clears throat> Thinking about the family again.
0: Oh, family. Here we go.
1: Adult table, kids table. Oh, yeah, that's good. Which table are you going to be at? Uh, yeah, I
0: think I'll spend okay.
1: a little time at both. Yeah, yeah well, I'm going to write this one. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. <clears throat> Thank you, kids table, at Thanksgiving dinner for seeming like a much better time than the adult table. <laughs> I'm sitting here next to Uncle Frank. <laughs> listening to him complain about the government while I could be sitting with you sticking celery stalks up my nose and getting big laughs. Kids table, much better, much better. All right, here we go. Thank you, relatives who say Thanksgiving is their favorite holiday because it is about spending time with family and not about giving presents. Well said, you lousy cheapskates. All right. <laughs> Some family are just like that, you know? All right, I think we got one more. Here we go. Bring it at home. Last thank you note from Kensington on the night before Thanksgiving. Thank you, Thanksgiving night. Look at yourself right now, sitting there with a gut full of food, passed out, trying to keep your eyes open. And that's why I love you. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone.
0: All right, Greg Gibbs, Jalen SeaWright. Oh, that's fun. That's awesome. Well, thank you, thank you so much. Well, that, that gives us a hint into where we're going, actually. Uh, As we we start to go into some of these thoughts, we're going to receive our offering. If you came prepared to gig, awesome. If you are a guest here, you don't have to worry about this moment at all, but we are definitely uh, thankful to, to have this, take this moment and be an act of worship. So ushers, whenever you're ready, you can come down and thank you for being a part of that. But to stop and give thanks is a discipline that many times I just look right past. We have pace of our day, all the things that we're doing, the speed of our lives. There's many times where I just go right past it and I miss it. I don't slow down to give proper thanks to family and friends and people that I love. And more importantly and most importantly, I don't stop to give thanks to God. And to really stop and thank him for what we have and what I have. And so if you study the life of Christ, you realize pretty quickly that he had a practice of giving thanks. He had a practice in his life of thanksgiving. And there are several accounts that Christ stopped to give thanks to his father. He stopped and gave thanks to his father when it was revealed by his father to his followers something very precious from the kingdom of God. They spoke out this truth, and he said to his father, thank you for revealing that to them. He thanked his father before he did the miracle of feeding thousands of people with a small little lunch. He thanked his father just before he raised his friend Lazarus from the dead. It's an unbelievable miracle. And he thanked his heavenly father just before eating his last meal with his closest friends. Just before he had the bread and the wine, he thanked his father at that last supper. In fact, here's the account in Mark. It says this, while they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take it. This is my body. And then he took a cup and we had given thanks to his father. He gave it to them. And he said, to all drink from it. So Christ had this practice of giving thanks, of thanksgiving. And it was core to his person. He was a person of thanksgiving, giving thanks to his father. And in my tradition growing up, when we took part in communion, it was called Eucharist, the Eucharist. And I'll be honest, when I was younger, I had no idea what that word meant. For a long time, I thought it was a card game. And I'm like, I thought people played Eucharist, you know? And they're like, no, no, that's Euchar. And so, you know, I had no idea. Now, by the way, is Euchar a Michigan game? Right? Because everywhere else I go, they look at me really strange. Of course, I'm not a card person. But honestly, I had no idea what that meant. But Eucharist comes from the Greek word used for giving thanks, which is Eucharist Giving thanks, Eucharist Teo. The root word for Eucharist Teo is actually charis. And charis means grace. It means grace. And so really at that last supper, the night before Jesus was to go to start to go to his death and to give his life. There was this moment that he had this unbelievable grace and he was giving thanks, knowing what he was going into. He had this grace, this thankfulness in his heart. This Eucharist, Te Ho, this Thanksgiving. And that word envelops the Greek word for grace, charis. But also it holds its derivative in another Greek word, which is shara. Which means joy. Joy. And I would say that every person on this planet, everyone is searching for joy. Are you not? A deep happiness... A contentment, a happiness, a deep-seated joy. And we're talking about a deep chara joy found only at the table of the Eucharist, the table of thanksgiving. We desire it for ourselves. We desire it for our kids. We desire it for our grandkids. We desire this happiness, this joy. It's something that we all think about. It's actually even something that is an inalienable right of our constitution, the pursuit of this kind of happiness. It is something that I hear over and over and over again in different conversations that I have with all kinds of people in all different contexts in all places around the world. It's this desire for happiness. We all want this desire, this deep happiness. In fact, Augustine says it this way. He says, without exception, all try their hardest to reach the same goal, and that is joy. All of us desire this joy that exists deep within us. And I'm talking about a deep joy, not the kind the world would offer, but the kind that only comes from God. The kind of joy that doesn't waver in circumstances, but rather is an undercurrent of our entire lives, no matter what is happening around us. This joy, grace, thanksgiving, Eucharist tale. So is it possible that simply learning the discipline of giving thanks to God in all circumstances is actually the solution or the pathway or the key to have access to what we all are looking for. Is that possible? I would say today, yes. Yes. This practice of giving thanks is the key to entering in to this deep joy. I love how Kay Warren, who's up, wife of Rick Warren in Saddleback Church. She wrote a beautiful book called Choosing Joy. And she actually defines joy as this. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately, come, ultimately everything is going to be all right and the determined choice to praise God in all things. This settled assurance, quiet confidence, and determined choice to praise God. To give God praise in all circumstances. To live a life rooted in thanksgiving. Eucharist tale. I don't know who was here this past weekend. But we taught this beautiful, beautiful, powerful story out of Luke. The gospel of Luke, Luke 17. Where we talked about ten men... That had leprosy. And they cried out to God for mercy and healing. And God answered them. He physically healed all ten men of this horrible disease. But only one. Only one of those ten actually turned back to give thanks. And what stuck out to me so powerfully this past weekend. It was a real eye opener. Was something happened to that one that didn't happen to the other nine. Because of this act Of Eucharisteo. Because of this giving thanks, something happened. In fact, in Luke 17, it says this then one of them out of the ten, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Eucharisteo. You see this word constantly in the scripture. He's giving God thanks. He realizes what God has done. He realizes in the moment what's happening. He's present in the moment, and he's giving God thanks. This practice of giving thanks. And at the end of that account, Jesus said to him this, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the best part of the story to me. I mean, it's unbelievable that he would come back. Only one out of the ten. And fall at the face of Jesus. But this is the most amazing part of the story to me. Because Jesus says, rise. It's a resurrection in his life. Rise and go. And then he says, your faith has made you well. You made you well. The word there is sozo. Made you well. That sozo means this. Saved. Whole. Healed. He says, you've given me thanks And you've actually worshipped me. And you're giving me thanks. And you know what you get in return? You get to be saved and made whole. And you're fully healed. He was the only one of the ten that actually got the full healing. The only one. That actually got a full healing of God. This sozo kind of healing. We only enter into the saved and whole and healed life of God. When our faith is one that gives thanks. That's it. And I'm telling you, this. it seems so simple to me. But as I look through the scriptures, this posture of thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. This idea that we could go through our day constantly and write thank you notes. Right? To every little thing that we see. It's a beautiful posture, and I really believe that it is the centerpiece, the cornerstone of a whole healed, saved, powerful life of a follower of God. Now, I had this amazing moment with God not that long ago, a few years ago, and I was, I, I was, I, I was always struggling. And I might have told a little bit of this story before, but I think I was walking in the parking lot. And I was walking in here, and I had anxiety. I had some issues. I was really wrestling with myself internally. And I remember God whispered to me a thought. The thought was this. You always live in fantasy, and you always have. And I stopped for a minute in the parking lot. This is how I I dialogue with God. I get a thought that I don't understand. I'm like, okay, God, what are you saying? What does that mean, you know? What does it mean I live in fantasy? And he gave me this beautiful image. He said, you've always looked so far out, and you've always had this image of what you're supposed to be, and, uh, what kind of person you're supposed to be, what kind of husband, what kind of father, what kind of, you name it. You've always had this image. And, and he goes, it's so far out in front of you, and you keep striving for it, but you can never reach it. And so there's a constant frustration in you because you know why? You're actually living in a false world. You're living in a world that doesn't exist. Does anyone relate to this? Like you have an image of what you're supposed to be and you're reaching for it all the time and you have this. Now there's nothing wrong with vision. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this image that you're constantly striving and it creates this human striving. You. That's what I was living like for almost my whole life. And then God said that to me. I said, well, what does that mean? I said, Please don't think I'm wacky. It's just, this is how I process with God. I'm like, okay, what does that mean? And then he gives me memories. Well, this is why your music is this way. This is why this is this way. This is why. And I was like, you're right. What do I do? Right? And then I'm sitting there listening. And he goes, just come back to me. He says, I don't want you living out there. I want you to come into the present moment. I don't want you to live behind you. I don't want to live in front of you. I want you to take place in this present moment. Because guess what? The only thing we have is right now. That's it. And in this moment that we live, right now, this second, right now, come. Right now. Everyone get your mind and go, don't think about having to, to buy all this stuff tomorrow. Don't think about all the wacky people that are going to show up your house tomorrow. Don't think about all the ways you're going to try to pretend that you like somebody. Stop all those thoughts. Oh, you're like, well, that's kind of uncomfortable. No, it's true. But hold all those and come into the presence of God. And God's saying, listen, give thanks to me now. Live in the present moment now. And I'll tell you something. That was an absolute, that broke the human striving in my life. Just annihilated it right there. Doesn't mean you still don't have visions of what you want to be. And more importantly, what God wants you to be. But he's saying, live with me now. Be content now. Be thankful now. Pay attention and don't miss it now. Live in this moment now because I'm working. Eucharist tale is in the moment. It's this idea of noticing and giving thanks. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And what would it look like what would the the picture in our mind look like if every day we woke up and we were in the moment and we were noticing all the amazing blessings and gifts that we have now now look i'm gonna be honest and i say this every time i know there are people in this room that are struggling deeply with illnesses and loss i mean like i said i just came from a funeral this morning i understand but there were still so many beautiful moments in that chapel where we celebrated and we were thankful for a beautiful life. And so what would that look like in our community if every day we started to discipline ourselves to be a thankful community, a thankful community, a a community that gave thanks to God in the present moment all the time? I think possibly we might have this type of happiness or joy. Check this out. I'm alive! I'm alive! Yeah?
2: Yeah!
0: Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, hey, Christine! You're here too! Mm-hmm. I love you! I know! Dad! What's happening? Uh, honey, the power works! It's coming! It goes on and on! That's just totally goofy. I know. I get it. It's really goofy and funny. But the fact of the matter is there are so many things around us all of the time that we just take for granted. Relationships, all of, of the provisions that are happening around us. Even like I said this past weekend, even the sound of this. There's been thousands and thousands and thousands of breaths that have been taken in this room in the last half an hour. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the breath in my body. What would that look like if all of a sudden we as a community committed our lives to live Eucharisteo, Eucharisteo every day? Now, I have a goofy thing that I do, and this just started happening, but I'm not kidding you. It's, I know you're laughing at me, and you're going to think I'm weird, but when the alarm goes off in the morning, my wife wakes up a half an hour earlier than me. She wakes up at 5.30. I'm like, oh, 5.30, nothing with five in it. I don't want to do that. I used to go to bed at five o'clock in the morning. Now I have to get up. What is wrong with me? I'm old. But her alarm goes off. I'm usually just irritated. I just want to, you know. And so I close my eyes and I set mine for six o'clock. Look, you know, right? And then... Mine goes off at six o'clock and I used to get really excited and I just take my iPhone. I just wanted to whip it, you know, and then, but I, but I, I won't because I can't afford it. But so I just hit the button. And so here's what I started to do. I know this is, this is, I know, I know, I know, I know. I call it snooze time with God. I'm not kidding you. And so this is what I do. It goes off and I've trained my brain to go. The first thing I think is, thank you, Lord. And then I just turn it off. Now, it lasts nine minutes. The best thing about that is I can snooze for like two hours. I don't know if you guys can snooze for two hours. I mean, it's not exact because it's nine minutes. I probably should change it to ten minutes. But I'll just keep hitting snooze. Those have been the best mornings of my life. Now, I have a strange thing with God because when I start to wake up, he really starts to speak to me in a beautiful way. So I hit snooze and I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my kids. Thank you for today. What do you have for me today, Lord? And I just started dreaming about God in those times. Those mornings for the last few months have been just magical. I'm trying to reframe my brain to say, Lord, I thank you. Thank you. This Eucharist tale. Thank you. Thank you. I know many of us are going to be sitting around the table tomorrow, maybe. Some of us with friends. I just encourage you to start the conversation. Just if you don't do this, we do this at our house and just start asking people what they're thankful for and having to go around the table and just start that, just start that practice. And then there's a woman that wrote a beautiful book about this and she takes a Thanksgiving journal. It's not really for Thanksgiving, but she does it all day, every day. And she puts it on her table, she puts it by her bread and every day she writes it. Here's what I would challenge you to do. Starting tomorrow morning, when you wake up, whether you're going to do snooze time for Jesus or not, you have something to write on, and you put something down that you're thankful for from now until Christmas. Just one, If you just want to do one thing, I challenge you to do that this season and see what happens. The Apostle Paul was unbelievable at giving thanks. Almost every letter that he wrote said, We're praying for you, and we're thanking God for you. When was the last time you looked at somebody and said, I thank God for you. I am on my knees and thanking God for you. That's what the Apostle Paul used to do to the people that he ministered to. He loved it. And he is such encouraging. In Colossians 1, he says this. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power. So you will have all the endurance and patience you need. And then he says this. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to those people who live in the light. The, the, the line that stuck out to me in the last few days is this. The height of our joy is measured by the depth of our gratitude. The height of our joy is measured by the depth of our gratitude. The height of our shara is measured by the depth of our Eucharist tale. Our thankfulness. When we become people that are thankful, guess what happens? There is a deep joy from God that grows in us deep and wide that people feel and notice and change the whole atmosphere around us. And so that's what I hope this season is for you. I know sometimes it's a stressful season and it's a crazy season. But I'm praying and hoping that each one of us grabs a hold of what this could mean for your life as you start to celebrate and thank God for what's in it. And so we are going to actually practice eucharist tale for the rest of this service and here's how we're going to start it i'm going to invite a friend of mine up in a minute just hold on there Ramiro. but i'm going to invite a friend of mine up and i actually love this family moreno family have been so precious to me since i've been since they've been i don't know what year you came here Norma. what year did you start coming here 2005 so so we were close we're about five years apart this family has loved me so well they've encouraged me they live this out They live this out. And so I'm going to invite (laughs) Maria, because I say Marino, (laughs) Ramiro. Come on up, Ramiro. Give him a big, 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 big hand. Bring him up. All right, keep clapping. Come on, buddy. Come on, come on. All right, so. I love this family, and this is where we're going to start. We're going to have a, I, want, I, I invited Ramira up to share uh, his story, and he was going to read it. And I said, I'll forget about reading it. I'm just going to interview you a little bit and have you share your heart. I'm going to have my friend Danielle share one email she sent me from last Saturday's Thanksgiving basket. And then we're going to have an open mic time where we can come up and say one sentence of what we're thankful for. But I wanted to share a little bit more of your story. And so uh, I've known you for a long time since so you're a little guy, right? And I got a call from her, a text from uh, your parents saying you had been in an accident. And I love your family. I love your sisters. love your mom and dad. And so uh, tell us a little bit of what that accident
2: was and what happened. Yeah, so um, last November, um, I was heading to the bank, uh, just a normal Saturday morning, um, heading north on Crooks and was approaching the intersection of Waddles, if you all know where that is in Troy. Um, Just south of the intersection, intersection, there is a 7-Eleven and a woman heading south, was stopped right there, trying to turn left into the 7-Eleven parking lot. Um, a gentleman behind her was on his phone texting and didn't see her until the last second. And when he saw her, he looked up, and his instinct was to veer left into my oncoming traffic. Um, so,
0: and so it was a head-on. Correct.
2: Yep. He was heading south. I was heading north. Um, and,
0: and so this is what your car actually looked like. I think we have a picture of that if you want to throw that up because your car. This is this is what his car looked like. Isn't that, that was crazy. Was, yeah.
2: That's what was left of my car.
0: I, I saw that picture. I could not believe it. Right. And so, so this happens, they pry you out of that. I don't know if they had to use a Jaws of Life or something, but they had to get you out of there, and they get you to the hospital, and so you had a long recovery. I, I, look, I, I remember showing up at the hospital, and, right, and it was such a, a beautiful moment, but a really, like, you were in bad shape, bud. You know, so tell us a little bit about the shape you're in and then the steps you've taken for recovery.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, even like right after the accident happened, um, the city of Troy had called from a city next to us. I forgot which city it was. But they called the fatality team over to the crash site because they were expecting me to pass away right then and there. Um, thanks to God, it, completely from God, um, as you guys can see from my car. Um, I was able to get out uh, from the jaws of life or with the jaws of life and was taken to the hospital. Um, I don't remember anything from it. I woke up four days later with two plates in each cheek, um, three plates around my eyeball, and one underneath my eyeball. Um, It had the A-pillar of my car, like where the windshield and the driver's door meet, came in and hit me in the head, shattered my orbital, and just broke all across my face. Um, I know it's... You still look good, though. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I ended up spending um, five days in intensive care, and then another four days in the hospital, just, you know, trying to recover. Um, I ended up losing some vision in my left eye, so I have no direct vision. Um, still have my, all my peripherals, though, so I can still drive. I can still do everything I could before my accident. Um, and then, as you saw from my car, I, I shouldn't have legs. I shouldn't uh, be here right now. I shouldn't be able to see at all. I, complete grace. Uh, I, <laughs> well, I, I'm, yeah, I'm speechless. Awesome. And then,
0: <laughs> so I'll tell you this. <laughs> So I go to the hospital for the first time, and of course, your 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 dad and your mom, Norm and Joe, this they look at me and they're just like, "But you know what, uh, Danny, it's, God's just doing crazy things." We're so thankful for what He's doing, and it's you know it's a crazy. Thing. They literally had Eucharisteo happening constantly when I was there. This is unbelievable confidence in God, this trust in God, this joy still in the midst of all this stuff. So, it's taken you about a year. In fact, we just celebrated your year a couple weeks ago. We sit out in that lobby. We were all in a circle and just weeping uh, for what's happening. I just want to say, I just want them to know what are you doing now? Because that's what's so beautiful. Because God has really tapped you on the heart and pushed you into a special mission.
2: Absolutely. Um, So before my accident, I had served at Camp Barnabas for the uh, three summers on on staff. Uh, Camp Barnabas is a Christian camp for people of all ages with special needs down in Missouri. um, And fell in love with that through Kensington. And my plan was to end after last summer, uh, well, two summers ago, and go back to school, finish school. However, um, after my accident, I couldn't go back to school. And so um, I figured I'd reach out to Camp Barnabas, and they wanted me to be back on staff this past summer, so I did. And... um, after that experience, they wanted—they offered me an internship opportunity with Camp Barnabas. So I'm now preparing myself uh, to be the staff director at the Barnabas on the Lake location next summer. So awesome! awesome. There you go.
0: <laughs> so good. So, Ramiro is—is is, is literally God has given him a new vision for your life, and I know you have. Limited vision physically, but he's giving you spiritual vision to care for the special needs community in a profound way. You sent me a bunch of pictures on my phone, and it was awesome. So I just wanted you to hear. I just want to say publicly, Moreno family lives this out. I've watched it for 12 years now. And you really do live this out, each one of you. And so I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful that you are here. And then I'd like to pray, and then uh, the band's going to come out and lead us in a song, and then I'll help how we're going to uh, navigate open mic. Thank you, Lord, for this, this young man. Thank you for what you're doing in the Merino family. Thank you for what you're doing in our community. It's unbelievable, Lord, what we get to see. Thank you. Thank you for your, how powerfully you move through your people how you use each person uniquely of how they're gifted. Thank you, Lord, for wrapping your arms around us. Thank you for the breath in our bodies. Father, teach us what it means to live a life of thankfulness. Grow a deep joy that's rooted in you, in this community, and each individual in this community. Grow that joy that goes out and changes the world. We thank you, Lord, so much, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.